Welcome to Man Up, the podcast by men, about men, and for men who want to be better fathers, husbands, leaders, and followers of Jesus. Today's topic, Soldiers of Christ. Are you ready? Man up. Yes, sir! Welcome, welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Jared Bowman, and this is Man Up, your podcast, the place for all of the information and conversation that you need and I need to be better men in God's kingdom. We are a band of brothers, and we fight shoulder to shoulder, side by side, mile after mile, hand over hand, all to help each other attain the high calling of Jesus. You probably noticed that some of our episodes have been trending a little longer, and we've been splitting them into two parts. Well, occasionally we still have an episode that fits in an hour or so, as we did with Matt Basford last week, and that leaves a hole on our schedule for Monday. And I thought what we could do on weeks like that is I could give you a special edition of Man Up. We'll call it Man Up Monday. I like that. Man Up Monday. But we're going to call it Man Up Monday. I said it three times, so it has to stick now. But we're going to call it that, and we're going to use it as a short devotional for you and I to talk about things that really matter. No guests, just you and I. So when you hear that it's a Man Up Monday, you know what that means. And today we're going to talk about being soldiers of Christ and what that really means. And I'm thinking about a couple of passages right now. One of those would have to be 2 Timothy chapter 2, where Paul, writing to Timothy in verse 1, says, "...you therefore, my son, be strong." in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. I want to think about that for just a second, for just a few moments today. This is a very short drive time devotional, if you will. But Paul told Timothy some very important things there. And one of the things that I want to address, I also addressed on a podcast with my friend Benjamin Lee a few days ago. It was his I Can Do podcast. He asked me to be on there and talk about this program that we're growing together. And one of the things that we talked about is how the Bible speaks about the Christian life. There's really three metaphors that you see being used over and over again in Scripture to talk about individual Christians. One of them is the metaphor of sheep to shepherd. It's kind of an agrarian metaphor. The other is the idea of sowing and reaping, and that has to do with maybe the work that we're doing in the world for the kingdom of God. And I think about passages like John 4 and 35 where Jesus told his apostles that they needed to lift up their eyes and see the harvest was already white and that they needed to go out and labor in that field reaping. Paul talked about his work of sowing and and Apollos' work of watering and how it was that God gave the increase. But often the metaphor that we think of in regards to Christian life is that of being a soldier, that of spiritual warfare. And one of the things that I have begun to think a lot about lately is how maybe we're entangling the wrong ideas in being the soldiers for Christ. Very often you hear people talking about being a soldier or spiritual warfare being a battle, and they're talking about the kinds of interactions that they have in the world and with others. Maybe they're people of denominations. Maybe they're people that don't believe in Jesus at all. And they talk about putting on the armor of God so that they can go and engage in those behaviors 
behaviors, but typically what you see is that would be more fitting of the metaphor of sowing and reaping, where I see the Bible most often using the idea of being a soldier for Christ is not winning external battles against those who are in the world, but rather winning the internal battles that keep us from being followers of Jesus. I want to think about those words of the Apostle Paul again in 2 Timothy chapter 2. The first thing he tells him in chapter 2, verse 1, is that he desires Timothy to be strong in the grace that is found in Christ Jesus. You see that same sort of language in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, where he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. The first thing that a soldier of Christ is going to recognize is that his strength is not his own, that we are what we are by the grace of God that God allows us to become his children, and we are not going to engage in enough spiritual warfare that by our merit we have become children of God, but it is the grace of God that allows us to participate in this army that we've been called to be soldiers in. It then tells him that he needs to follow a pattern of sound doctrine. He says, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Timothy needs to follow sound doctrine. He needs to teach others to follow sound doctrine. He then tells him to suffer hardship for the gospel. In verse 3, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And then tells him about the behavior of a soldier in verse 4. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Do you see how every one of those battles, whether it's to be strong in grace, whether it's to be settled on doctrine so that he can teach others to teach doctrine, whether it is to be settled in our conviction in times of hardship, and, and or whether it's the battle to be pleasing to the Lord by not becoming entangled in the affairs of this world, those are internal battles. You see, our battlefield, when it comes to being soldiers for Christ, is not in the realm of politics, and it's not in the realm of engaging denominations. It's in the realm of the heart, because that's where our enemy is at work. And that takes you back to some of the things that the Apostle Paul was trying to tell Timothy in the previous chapter. Looking at verse 12, For this reason I also suffer these things, because I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Again, you have sort of that military idea of being on guard. Only here, Jesus is on guard for us. We're entrusting things to him as we're fighting the battles for our heart, and he is faithful in keeping them. And I think we have to understand this very clearly. When we are engaged with the outside world, it's easy to think of it as a battle. It's easy to tangle up in their warfare using their weapons, but that's not really where our battlefield is. Yes, we have to engage. Yes, we have to have the conversations. Yes, we have to teach. But we need the idea of cultivating the Word of God in the hearts of the people. We need the idea of sowing and planting and watering, and reaping, and God giving the increase. Now, we're using the same tools, but we go about it a different way. When I'm talking about my own personal spiritual warfare, when I'm talking about the battle for my heart, I have to be much more willing to slay quickly those things that are taking me away from my Lord, the entanglements in the affairs of this world, the the doctrines that are corrupting my way of thinking, the the 
idea that I'm somehow self-sufficient without the grace of Jesus. I have to be ready to put those things to death quickly when I see them arising because that's where the devil is working on me. Taking that back to that passage in Ephesians that I mentioned, that's another one of those passages where Paul is again talking about our warfare and our struggle. And when you look at Ephesians chapter 6 and you start in verse 10, that passage, we all know it well. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might and put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Too often I think we treat our struggle as if it's against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one, and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit, and with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints." I want you to think about what he was talking about there. He wasn't talking about engaging in physical battles or battles of culture. He was talking about battling the influence of Satan and particularly those spiritual influences that come at us like flaming arrows. We are the battlefield. And you know, brothers, until we really get clear on this idea that the battle that we're fighting is not in the hearts of others, it's in our own hearts, we are open to attack. We need to understand that our enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion. That's what Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5. He's looking for the one who is not on the alert spiritually. He wants to devour him. But we also need to understand that our God has equipped us to win every battle. Our God has prepared us with truth, and righteousness and the gospel and faith and the word and salvation to withstand the things that the devil is trying to do to pull us down. And what that means is you and I don't get to go on spiritual autopilot. We don't get to look at this warfare as a battle that we fight with other people. But rather, it is my daily struggle against myself. It is the daily struggle to say, it is not I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And I was thinking about our recent conversation with Chris Emerson, and he was talking about the idea of essentialism. That he made the suggestion, when you feel like you don't have time to be the husband, the father, and I would add to that the soldier that we need to be, one of the things that we need to do very quickly is decide what's important and what's not. And he gave this example. You take a sheet of paper, you draw three lines on it. Above the first line is everything that's really super important, things that you can't give up, things that have to be done. Maybe we put in there the roles of, or we certainly would put in there the roles of husbands and fathers and, and the work that we do in the kingdom. Below that are the things that are are sort of important, 
but they're taking a lot of our time and, and maybe they're distracting us from the work that we really ought to be doing in the other parts of of our lives. And then the third thing is the things that really aren't important at all. And, and this was Chris's suggestion and I loved it. He said, you take that piece of paper and you take that bottom third and you rip it off, you throw it in the trash can, you never think about it again. It's not saying that those aren't good things. It's not saying that maybe those aren't necessary things, but they're things that maybe other people ought to be doing. From that middle list, you circle five to 10 of them, you know, half the total that you put on there. These are important things, but they are not the most important things. And you allow those to exist. The rest of them, you find a different way to get them done. But you put all of your attention on the things that are truly, truly important. And then it clarifies who you need to be. And I would say that that's exactly what we need to be doing in our spiritual struggles. We need to set what's really important. What are the roles that define us? Well, I'm, I'm a child of my God. Then do the things that a child of God would do. I'm a follower of Jesus. Then follow Jesus. I'm a husband to my wife. Then, then study what the Bible says about being a good husband and put it into practice. Don't let that become a second-tier relationship. And don't say, well, I don't have time to be the good husband because I'm busy with this other thing that's actually down on the lower tier. I need to be a good father to my child. Great. Focus on it. I need to be a good brother to my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. Then make that a priority. Because too often what happens is we take the things that we say that are priorities and we don't live according to them. And that's where our life begins to feel out of balance. That's where we begin to lose these spiritual struggles. We don't make the time for what's important because we're convinced that everything is important. And until we prioritize God and his kingdom and the roles that we can fill in that kingdom, we're going to constantly have these kinds of struggles. When Paul talked about being a soldier of Christ, he said our aim is to please the one that has enlisted us. And that's where our focus needs to be. That means we need to be abundantly clear on what really pleases the one who enlisted us. And I think Paul tells us what really pleases him. When you look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, and you see that warning to Timothy that he needs to be doing the work of the evangelist, he needs to become the thing that his brethren need. And then he tells him this, I am being poured out in verse 6 as a drink offering. The time of my departure has come. I fought the good fight. I finished the course and I kept the faith. In the future, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also who have loved his appearing. My brothers, we need to realize that fighting the good fight of faith is as much about engaging ourselves as it is the world around us. Finishing our course and keeping our faith is rewarded with Jesus giving us the crown of righteousness, not because we've earned it, but because that is the extension of his grace to us. We need to be sober about these things. We need to be willing to do the hard things, but we need to remember that we are engaged in the fight of our lives against an enemy that will devour us if we let him. We need to hold each other up, strengthen each other, encourage each other, because that's what 
soldiers do. Till I see you next time, I'm your host, Jared Bullman. Have a good day. God bless. And man up. Dismissed!